The Koi Gig Pod. I think all the concerns that we have obviously being that middle tier are very valid considering just how much we benefited from playing teams of a higher calibre going into our qualifiers. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette in association with Movember. Effortless shave, magnificent mo. All right, you are welcome back. It is Monday's OTB AM. Nathan and Adrian with you this morning. Get your comments in on YouTube or on any of our social channels. It's not just myself and Adrian, though, because Cahill Milani and Kathleen McNamee are in the studio as well. It's a packed house for the rest of the morning. How are you keeping, Kathleen? Doing very well. Congratulations are in order. Thank you very much. Best podcast, Koi Gig. We knew this already. Well, obviously. Now you got the trophy to prove it. Now we actually have a trophy to prove it. Yeah, and there was quite a lot of competition as well. I was surprised that we won, so I was kind of delighted with it. You're, you're, Very sound, you're, you're sounding a little bit like uh, some sure. people sound, uh, you know, after the radio awards. I swear was it a I long did, uh, night? It was a long night, but ah. I actually did have a cold before. Oh, we yeah. Went, so yeah. it just all got 10 times worse. It turned out the wine didn't cure the cold. No, had shockingly. That issue myself you, this years. is actually the best I've sounded all weekend. Right. So I'm, I'm pretty impressed. So this was a digital media awards yeah digital media awards and we were up against like independent like lots of other kind of very strong brands louise cooney who's a very popular influencer and yeah koi gig one and new episode tomorrow morning where we will all be <laughs> celebrating glass the of champagne yeah if anyone wants to listen in it's in all the usual spots that you can get the podcast but yeah no it is it's really nice i think we were very fortunate that we started this podcast a year ago where Everything that has happened since, you know, qualifying for a World Cup, we've had a lot of great things to bounce off. So it's been really nice to be able to document that. And I hope, like, even in the future, it's going to be really nice to look back and be like, well, we were the ones that were there first. We documented that first ever World Cup. No one else was doing it at the same time. So I think it was a very deserved award, if I do say so myself. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, So I'll say all of us. It's it's not just a one-woman band. Uh, Well done to Emma out there as well, who also had a good night. Yep, she was there with me. Uh, To um, Karen. Yeah. Who isn't allowed to go to major award ceremonies, no. you were saying. You just you no. couldn't bring her well, on. we just couldn't trust her. Uh, Emma Byrne, who's just joined the team. Not a bad new signing. No, not a bad one at all. Uh, the no, top Irish players. Uh, of, of all time. Yeah. And, uh, of course, Catherine Murphy, who doesn't like to be, you know, likes to so uh, wait behind the scenes. She was jet-setting oh, around she? the world. She was in Morocco, so I think she was well celebrating done Catherine from there. Well Catherine as well. So. Uh, Cahill, what did you do over the weekend? Like, it's an all-star <laughs> cast. It's all award winners, and then it's me. I don't know what, what have I'm you doing got? Here. What have you got but for you're us? you're from Sligo, Cahill, so you have that. Like this, geez, this is two Sligo people on air together. Stuff to, I this is quite some concerning. Way of recommending him there, Kathleen. I don't know what yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just watched sport for the weekend. That's what I did. So what? What, what did you watch? What did you? Um, I watched enjoy? the cup final yesterday, and I think Derry City are going to. I think they could definitely challenge Shamrock Rovers now. Um, I thought they were excellent yesterday for long stages. The first goal was brilliant, and uh, it seems like they got a great thing going. And wouldn't it be great if James McLean came back to Derry City? Uh, it was floated by Rory Higgins. Yeah, it was floated by. No, he was only uh, joking. I think there have been a lot of rumours about it over the last yeah. few weeks. And Rory Higgins last week said, like, he's, you know, just scored for. Yeah. Uh, he scored from a corner, actually, at the weekend, James McLean. Yeah. Uh, just scoring for Wigan in the Championship. And he's in the Ireland squad. It's probably not going to happen. It'll definitely happen at some stage, though. But I wonder, would he be tempted when he's. He was there yesterday, obviously, and saw yeah. the fanfare about it. And there's a good chance they could win the league title in the not too distant future um, if ever there was a player to do it just wonder while he's still somewhere yeah. near his peak it'd be McLean because Duff came back I know Duff was at the mm. very end of his career but he played a few games for Shamrock Rovers didn't he um, so I mean it'd be great for the League of Ireland if he did and uh, Derry have a really good squad they have a really good squad and they've got investment behind them now as well so they've got a really good thing going and the league is, is good Rory Higgins and, and Damien Duff 
two really good managers, uh, high-profile managers. Uh, we spoke last week on the programme that Jim McGuinness is in the frame for the Finn Harps job, which would also raise the profile of the league as well. So, Well, in the grand tradition of GA, who would he, he'd have to bring somebody in alongside him, wouldn't he? he couldn't All about just, your backroom uh, team. He couldn't just take out. <laughs> exactly, <yeah. laughs> it's like bring in a former Intercounty exactly. player and an All-Ireland winner, but um, I think it's been a great year for the League of Ireland. Yeah, it has. And uh, I think a title race, uh, which they, like, if it had all gone down to that final night and mm. Rovers against Derry, I think everybody would have been talking about it. But obviously Derry just couldn't maintain it and drew too many games in the end. But yeah, it does seem with the backing that they have, like both of them have substantial backing. Uh, as much as you can spend, that's the one thing you can say. You have a billionaire owner, but uh, how yeah. much can you realistically spend to bring players in? Uh, but it would be an unbelievable story. I, I can't see it with McLean. Maybe he comes back during the summer at the end of this season. Yeah, But I think... Like, does it put his Ireland spot at risk if he was to come back? Potentially not as mm. much as it would under another manager who hasn't connections to the League of Ireland like Stephen Kenny does. Mm. Also, his his Ireland career is in the winter. It's in the deep winter. It is in the deep winter, but he's still, if not the starting left back, he's second choice. So, yeah, yeah I don't. I mean, what age is he? Was he now about thirty-one, thirty-two? Yeah, is that all? Jeez, if I would have. I I'm just. I'm just throwing that out. There. I should know these. Really, I'll. I'll, I'll, I'll do the old uh, Google there. You know, James um, McLean. Wait for it. I would He's say now 33. I would have said 33, 34. Yeah, 33, yeah, yeah. Deep winter. He looks well. In fairness, he keeps himself in very good shape. There was a lot of conversation a few years ago where there was, he was rumored to come back, and there was a lot of chat about uh, the Wags would have said, "Oh, like this, you know, would he should he even be starting in the? Would he even get a game in the League of Ireland?" Oh, you mean wags by supporters? I was yeah. like, why? Why is a girlfriend? I was like, this is an unbelievable uh, insight into the conversation that the Irish players' wives and girlfriends are like. How would I be uh, doubting James McLean? Wow, <laughs> they're actually pulling all the strings. It's not yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> this is a, this is a real story. revelation. Yeah. Uh, I want to see a some sort of a sporting contest between James McLean and Denise O'Sullivan at some stage. The two of them would sicken you. McLean yeah, goes out and plays good. for Wigan on a Saturday and then you flick on his Instagram on a Saturday night and he's doing a boxing session at midnight. Mm. It's just this insatiable appetite uh-huh. to stay fit. Clearly just totally addicted to the gym. And Denise O'Sullivan's the exact same. Right. Every single day. Like she's in her off season, season at the season. moment and like her Instagram every day is just her doing like multiple different right. classes. She's like, oh, just done on like a 20k run. Now I'm off to the gym. I like, did the same. Oh, I just don't put it on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Instagram, you know? Don't be showing off. Uh, Ireland are playing today. Yes. Playing. So the countdown to Australia starts here. Yeah. And it's kind of, it's an interesting tie. So they're playing Morocco at five o'clock Irish time, I think. And they played them on Friday in a behind closed doors match there hasn't really been all that information about it that I've seen they drew 2-2 but they were 2-0 up so Morocco came back at them it was a shadow squad a lot of the regulars won't be involved I expect it to be a different team tonight Louise Quinn is making her 100th cap so she's going to lead the team out as captain um, but it like it is a good test in the lead up to the World Cup in the sense that okay Morocco were like quite like ranked quite low compared to us but they did also beat Nigeria at AFCON this year in the semi-final on penalties they are they're going to their first World Cup as well so they're at a similar stage to us in that sense um, and I heard the match on Friday was a particularly like feisty affair so it'll be interesting to see how we line up tonight does Vera Powell go for like a full strength squad or does she just take some of the younger players in there and kind of give them a bit of a game um, and as you said it's all World Cup build. 
Yeah, it is. We we don't know fully what the build-up is going to look like. There's another international break no. early next year, and a lot of the teams play a tournament there, so Ireland may end up having three or four games. Uh, they will certainly want a couple of games at home, I would imagine, between yeah. now and the World Cup. I thought it was kind of disappointing, and I don't know if this is because Ireland didn't... Like, because before qualifying for the World Cup, you know, Vera Powell said that she wanted to take any money and, like, spend it on the pre-camp before, like, those qualifying matches and kind of put everything into that. And that's why we've ended up playing Morocco in a game that was quite quickly organised by the FAI. But the Arnold Clark Cup is on over in England. And I was looking at the lineup, and it's definitely the sort of competition that we could be involved in. Last year, it was quite a big lineup. You know, you had your Germany, your Spain, like, big teams this year. It's, like, Japan. I think it's one of the... Uh, it's like Latvia or someone that's playing but like the sort of teams that we definitely should be mm. like going for those sort of tournaments I know we had the Pinnacle Cup but like the Arnold Clark Cup is kind of you get to play against England you get to play at like big stadiums so it was I understand that the FAI may not have even been in the bidding process for it but if we can get ourselves into those sort of tournaments even past this year I think it would be really good for like Euro qualification or anything else although with the League of Nations happening we may not want extra games <laughs> We need to tip the cap to Louise Gwynn though I mean mm. 100 caps tonight it probably isn't mm. the sort of profile of a game that you would want it to fall on like yeah. a big game at Tala or wherever it might be even at the World Cup would have been an amazing achievement but um, like she's been there she's bridged one of those players obviously that's bridged that gap to Liberty Hall going back as far as Liberty Hall and um, been a real like I mean, there's not many players in the Emma Byrne category of no. people that have sort of been at the vanguard to that degree. But certainly one of those players, obviously, captain her country and um, will go down as one of the all-time greats, of course. It's incredible when you look at that defence. Doing my research ahead of the Scotland game, and I think 16 years since she made her debut. Yeah, 15 All three of them, it was like 60 to be around for that long, all of them heading towards 100 caps. And... I know she's spoken very honestly about the captaincy decision when it was given to Katie McCabe mm. and how she probably would have been first in line, everyone would have assumed. And look, in hindsight, it looks such a brilliant decision to give it, particularly because Louise Quinn is such a good professional and actually you get another captain because Louise Quinn is always just going to be and such like a Katie natural McCabe leader. And Katie McCabe said that as well whenever she got the captaincy, that mm. Louise Quinn was the person who helped her through that. And like that must have been really hard for Louise to know that she should probably be captain if you didn't have someone of Katie McCabe's level and Katie McCabe turned to her being like look I'm quite young I don't really know exactly how to do everything and she was the person that led her through it Uh, So that game on this evening we'll see what Vera Powell decides to do Uh, I think Vera Powell's going to be on tomorrow morning show actually Uh, so we'll get the reaction from Vera Powell then as well but she'll obviously want to get the bit of balance of giving some game time to players who are probably on the periphery during qualification while also maintaining the core of the team so you can learn a lot about them so making sure Katie McCabe starts and Denise O'Sullivan starts and Denise O'Sullivan's out of season at the moment so probably wants that game as well because she always named big squads like this is going to become a big talking point as we get closer like the squad is 23 Vera Powell's already been questioning of that that the Men's World Cup is 26 the Women's is 23 players generally she'd name a squad of about 28 so there's going to be a lot of very disappointed players Yeah and this is something that I said after we qualified because it's almost like we've like grown to love this team so much because they qualified us for the World Cup but you've no idea like which of these players are actually going to be there in a year's time you know Katie McCabe I don't even want to say it she could get injured before the World Cup or something and then like what what are you doing how are you replacing and we already have the likes of Jessu and Ellen Malloy who Vera Powell very early days has said definitely won't be making the World Cup and they won't be um, back in time for the World Cup next year so that's also a great place for some of the younger players to come in and kind of say well look I want to take my claim. 
Uh, Cahill, it was a busy weekend in GEA. The Galacticos of Kilmaco Croaks just keep rolling on. They do. Hurling and football. They can do nothing wrong. A super... Super oh. club. A super club. Super. A super club. club. Great, a great club. Definition. A club key. which is super. Adrian even has a club, club car just for volunteering with the under fives. <laughs> <laughs> the under fives. <laughs> Adam, the they're great. Generation. I mean, what? They, they, but they're, 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 no. high there. But like, they, they beat a team who beat them last year. Yeah. This is not like the, you know, geez, I mean, of all the teams to be picking on, Nathan, the, the hurlers, it seems like a very soft many target. players have you got in the academy down in Croaks now tell me that um, to be about if everybody was turned up there'd be over 130 I'd say <sighs> bloody hell uh, but it's we, a big catchment area it's, it's not like what what your bloody hell and exasperation comment is based on what like that it's some sort of a Manchester City academy and they're paying all the parents <laughs> I mean I wish <laughs> you're the were. person who said it no one else said it yeah, in the yeah, room, well, no, so. it's, been said, it's been said on this show before not that long ago but like it's a ludicrous notion it's a big catchment area there's a load of kids there's an unbelievable volunteer mo- movement I've been forced like Carl on a weekly basis to come on here and defend the club and I, I feel I it's feel very it's unfair when I'm going down with the under nines and Paul Griffin is on the sideline for Kill McCullough like, how, how, like, that's, that's just the first, completely unfair the very first, to start with the very first training session that my uh, eldest kid did down in Croaks last year they were broken up into groups and his first ever GEA coach was Paul Griffin wow. it's like that's not, that's not bad that's Paul Griffin even found Kilma Good yes <laughs> his entire life yeah. his entire life yeah I know it's great Great, tough gig. I know five, you don't. I know you don't coach, mean that. Under five gig. coaches, it is a tough gig. Coaches, I, I, tough I went game, to Tommy yeah. Welch last year to ask him for a bit of advice because I knew he was doing some of the same sort of stuff with roughly the same age group. So I was like, "Listen, Tommy, like, what sort of drills are you doing down in Kilkenny, and like, what's the, you know, what's going on? Because we need to be able to pour some of that stuff in over here." And he was like, "Yeah, listen, if you can keep their shoelaces tied for the session, that's you've you're doing well. done a good job." And he's absolutely right. And then he just has the natural Tommy Walshness that, unfortunately, Adrian, you helped them. You helped them tie their shoelaces. And leave the coach into somebody else. Yeah, no, that's, that's a but it was a, a big win for Croaks. It was. It was a significant win, wasn't it? Because they lost to Clock Balacola last year. Um, and a big win for St. Mullins from Carlo, who beat uh, St. Aidan's from Wexford yesterday as well in the, in the Leinster Club. And obviously, Bally Hale hammered uh, Castletown Gagan. And then in the football, two games in the Ulster Club quarterfinals went to penalties. Uh, Enniskill and Gales beat Gowna on Saturday night. And yesterday, Cargan of Antrim beat Nath Connell from Donegal, which was a big shock. Um, they got a late goal in normal time six minutes into added time to, to get a draw go <coughs> after extra time and then they won on penalties so uh, I think penalties is fine to settle a GA match to be honest I think it's bedded in now at this stage I think so long as teams know well in advance and they do yeah. I don't see any difficulty in settling it just becomes the norm that Rory Canavan dummy oh. <sighs> so good honestly like that was outrageous yeah. the first time I saw the clip I was like, I wonder why this clip has gone viral. That he's got—he's just about to kick the ball. He's got to a point in his movement where it's impossible to do anything else, yeah. and he removes it at the last second. A thing of absolute beauty. And the guy is totally committed to the block. How you—you you, you couldn't. He said afterwards, yeah. he was like, "You win some, you lose yeah. some." Yeah. I yeah. That. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, what about David Clifford? Yeah. Scored two twelve at the weekend uh, for Fossa in the Kerry Junior Football Final. They beat Listry by four fifteen to twenty two points. Uh, he's pretty much won everything. This year, he's won the Allianz League, the Munster Championship, the All Ireland Championship, the Kerry Senior Championship with East Kerry, yeah. and now the Premier Junior Championship with Fossa as well. They now go into the Munster Junior campaign. Yeah, 
Um, there's a good clip of Clifford going around as well. I don't know if you've seen it of his goal in that match where he just glides by yeah. three or four defenders. It's just he literally like, walks it yeah, into the goal. Yeah, yeah. it's just the clip I saw. Somebody run a bit of Jimmy McGee, McGee uh, World Cup commentary over the top. Different class, yeah. different class. class. Yeah, yeah. And he they, loses the ball. He loses control of the ball, and then oh. and he goes out. I was surprised he was sort of giving it the big one afterwards, wasn't he? He was. Yeah. yeah. Because in one way, like it's obviously an unbelievable goal, and the point he scores at the end is to send it to extra time. Yeah. But like, there's context to all of it. Like, David Clifford is just so good. <laughs> like playing junior football, it is unfair. It is unfair <laughs> for, on the opposition that you're going up against David yeah. Clifford. It must be amazing. Like he's well. so good yeah. that like you'd be talking about that in 50 years time yeah. about yeah. playing against David Clifford yeah. in a junior yeah. football final. Yeah. Average schleps. I'd he's recovered well. I'll tell you from our chat at the <laughs> All Stars. <laughs> this 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 uh, this is an untold story. An untold story. Been told this morning. Uh, well, there's not that, that, that much to tell. I was uh, I was leaving the All Stars. Uh, Adrian Barry had already done a, an Irish exit uh, a little bit earlier at about half twelve. And I'll tell you what, the Cliffords were lucky. They ran into me just as I was leaving. <laughs> now they had the uh, the final with East Kerry on the Sunday, so you yeah. can take it that they didn't have a couple of drinks on them, whereas I may win. <laughs> so uh, we we had a lot. La- we, we had a good chat. Yeah. Um, we videoed the entire thing to send to Owen Sheehan. Excellent. Uh, Nobody has seen the video. Like, I woke up the next morning, looked at the video, and went, "Maybe I won't send this." Though. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's so afraid about this video going viral that he hasn't even like in one to one capacity. I want to do at that it. moment to be like, and now we're going to roll <laughs> yeah. the clip. No, David yeah, no, Clifford was uh, and and Paddy, uh two lovely fellas, uh, were were very good with their time. There was definitely a moment about thirty seconds from the end where I could see them drifting off, going, "Don't really want to be associated well, with I'd it." So for that half, reason, half alone, an hour into chatting to you, I would I would just just leave. But as was pointed out. There was uh, hurling all-star winners looking to get their photo taken with David Clifford. Yeah, like, he is a super, he's a megastar. He's just got in, in the room. You see him over at the other side of the room. You're like, oh god, yeah. that guy's got something about him. Yeah, Could be the greatest guy footballer of all time. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what else we got from the weekend? Uh, there was Porrick Harrington last night won the Charles Schwab Cup Championship, but he fell short in the overall Charles Schwab Cup. So the season-ending tournament, he finished on 27 under par, which is actually a record. He won by seven shots in Arizona. They ties the previous record. Uh, Jack Nicholas also finished on 27 under in a tournament back in the early 1990s. Uh, but Stephen Alker, who Harrington played with last night, won the Schwab Cup, which is the order of merit on the Champions Tour. Harrington ended in second in the money list. Darren Clark was in a tie for 20th on six under. Harrington won 4.3 million this year in prize money Oof. between the two, well, three tours. He plays in the PGA, the DB, mm. and the Champions Tour, which is not bad at all. Uh, so he's won four times in the last five months on the seniors tour he, he was interesting when he was on after the US Senior Open with Joe where I think Joe was like oh it's, it's another major he's like nah he would actually <laughs> like nah it's, it's, it's yeah. not really but he, he definitely seems to be enjoying the Champions Tour a lot more than he expected because I thought he'd play sporadically but that the desire to still be able to prove himself against the younger guys mm-hmm. that he'd go back and play a DP Tour a lot more and yeah. play as many PGA Tour events where actually he seems to have settled in in the last yeah. I think this is five weeks in a row he's played on the Champions Tour but He's such a competitor though isn't he I'd say he loves just being in, in competition and being able to winning. compete at a level and winning yeah absolutely um, He's like David Clifford in junior football yeah, basically <laughs> but that's what he is at the moment like he's uh, honestly yeah. he's just turned 51 yeah. so like he's the young kid yeah. and he's going to have three or four years of this being easy to him Yeah so. Yeah, uh, uh, but I wouldn't be surprised. I was saying in Golf Weekly that like Bernard Langer uh, yeah. won last week at what was he sixty six. Uh, Harrington has the mindset and the physique that you could easily see him playing and competing and winning till he's sixty five, sixty six. Yeah, I think senior store. He still thinks he can win win a major on the. I still on think he's going to have because he's in he's in the Open for another ten ten <laughs> Open championships. Yeah. He'll have one year definitely where he'll be in the mix. 
on a you feel that will have to come in the next two or three years though yeah. there is a point Thanks physically God, kind of different Tom because Watson's, you get a nice Tom Watson was 59 I think he was wasn't he when mm. Stuart Sink won uh, Tom Watson Tom obviously. Watson was 59 when he, when he didn't win yeah no he had a six footer he had a six footer to win didn't he it's unfair but Harrington yeah like he's such a likeable fellow with his and his game has improved like I mean wasn't he struggling with his wedges uh kind of in the latter stages of his career on the main tours but he's transformed that and uh, 27 under par is a ridiculous score a ridiculous score uh, I'm sure we'll come back to this over the coming days uh, we were trying to get someone from the Leinster Council on I'm sure everyone's seen the video at this stage of what happened at Parnell Park on Saturday uh, the Leinster Intermediate Club hurling quarter final between Nate Barrog and Alar de Balak. Uh depending on what angle you're looking from uh, none of it is good no. there's a scrap on the pitch which turns into an almighty scrap in the stand uh, somebody comes around with a hurl and starts whacking people uh, on the back with it that I didn't see in the first video uh, there's an investigation starting they're waiting for the referee's report this morning uh, the line people always use is it's shocking but it's not in any way shocking because literally once a month a this exact same thing happens like what do you do do you just throw throw both clubs straight out of the competition or if it was one club that was the people from one club <coughs> more false, it feels like it's getting to a certain out? point doesn't it like it does feel like the chat up to this point has a lot been about listen this is not typical of GA games this is just what happens but it feels like that every video you see there's another one and like almost that at some point maybe prior to that people had felt like well we shouldn't we've got, we've got might be taking a video of it but we won't put it out because it's unfair on the people or the players or the GEA but now actually culturally people are more in the habit of videoing them more in the habit of publishing them and I think the more we see the more we will see and I do think that we need to stop saying this is untypical. Of course, there are. Of course, it's like. Well, 1% I think the point is. Less. Yeah, exactly. But, There's a thousand games yeah. on the weekend. This happens in but one that's, of them. We but shouldn't be using that as a get out clause for anything. It mm. needs to be. I do think that something significant needs to happen whether that's obviously individual punishments and there's so many angles of that stuff at the weekend that I'm sure there's a lot of people with um, a lot of uh, um, yeah concern this morning about whether they'll be allowed to be involved in GA going forward but at some point or another you do need to take another step which is probably in relation to the club or some sort of fines or um, if it's not that it's the holding back of funding but th- it feels to me like we don't need to get too sort of pearl clutching about it but there does need to be action taken mm. over it it's, it just can't continue like I mean there's, well, it, it's, there's you know like but it I, is a cultural thing that somehow somebody thinks I have a hurl in my hand in the stand and, and it's okay and when it kicks hurl. off yeah. I'm going to go down and so, get involved so, so in so this what the, GA, the, the leadership that the GA need to show is that that person needs to have in their mind needs to be able to think straight away about the consequence of their action. That's the only way forward here. And, like, you don't want to be all think about the kids, but, like, I mean, there are kids and stuff at that game, and you're witnessing that, possibly in the middle of that. Like, um, I I really think that they're, you know, obviously they will follow whatever protocol they have in place in relation to investigations and whatever else, but I would like to see um, often and regular communication from the GEA about this, and like you say, we have a request in, we haven't had anybody to come on and speak to us about it just yet, but hopefully that'll change as the week goes on, but um, yeah, I really feel like it's, it's significant and important enough for deep and uh, considered action to be taken over. And listen, it's difficult in clubs, and I'm sure there's a lot of people involved in both clubs horrified by what they saw, but it does feel the only way to properly punish is to put it back on the clubs and say you are responsible for your supporters in the ground and if they misbehave the entire club is going to be punished yeah 100% and you know there's been a lot of stuff about referees and incidents of referees that has come out since the initial stuff came out earlier on in the summer it seems to be nearly a weekly basis now there's a story about a referee being uh, 
you know, nearly attacked by, by people at matches or assaulted or whatever has happened. And, you know, it is a problem. It's a huge problem. And there needs to be swift and pretty decisive action, I would think, taken. And I think there is a clamour now across the association, given all the incidents that there have been over the last couple of months, that this really does need to be addressed. And, you know, it's going to come to a stage where people are going to be afraid to take up officiating at these matches. Mm -hmm. And then we don't have matches. Well, I think culturally people are now seeing those clips and they, so they want to set... So I'll be at a game this weekend and I see yeah. something going on. I've, I've got the footage, I'll put that out. So we'll be sitting here again next week having the same conversation or the week after. This isn't, this isn't going to go anywhere. Yeah, so I think it's something definitely the GA has to look at. I think they've mentioned that referee recruitment is going to be one of the key pillars in the next three to five years. But I mean, if this stuff is happening yeah. on a week here, every fortnight, I mean, it's going to be very difficult to recruit referees. Uh, one other thing from the weekend because I think we were both watching it yesterday evening the Brazilian Grand Prix oh. a first victory for George George Russell but that wasn't the real story it all came out afterwards Max Verstappen Sergio Perez so Max Verstappen the world champion his Red Bull teammate Sergio Perez uh, wasn't a good week for Red Bull they're sort of scrapping it out for was it 6th and 7th at that stage and Perez is trying to come second in the World Drivers' Championship or third in the World Drivers' Championship. Uh, first happens sold to let him pass, team orders, and he refuses to do so. What is with the Formula 1 drivers? There seems to be a really Oof. like bad attitude or no team camaraderie anyway. Mm. Well, they, the, the two of them used to get on really well, Perez yeah. and uh, mm. Verstappen. And the, obviously there's been a split. And uh, the coverage, so I saw none of the race at all. But I feel as if I was hugely entertained having come in just after it finished watching the post-race coverage for about an hour. It was high sport entertainment as far as I'm concerned. But they, everybody, all the reporters tried to get to the bottom of both of them as to what had actually happened. Mm. Why, what's the context of this? Oh, we can't really, we're not going to say, but, I, you know, it was clear that because they had some footage of uh, Chris Horner uh, having a conversation with, uh, with, with Verstappen about it and it was clear that there was like it was a tense, conver- a full and frank conversation, as Jim Gavin might say. And uh, it, everybody came out after it and said, well, listen, if it happens again, I'll, I'll step aside. But it's a crazy idea that he stopped his teammate yeah. getting ahead of his rival ahead of the final race. So That's what it I would think, have like, surely that- the team themselves want their two drivers to finish yes, in the yeah. highest possible position. And Verstappen, well, maybe he's just so confident because he's winning that, like... Well, I, I'm, I'm looking at the comment on, on Ronaldo from earlier from somebody who said, Ronaldo's one of the greats of the game. That comes with a certain mindset and attitude. And you could put that on Max Verstappen, mm-hmm. that the reason he's a world champion is that he has that attitude. Yeah. But I think also the reason... I would argue differently as well, yeah. though, because he's done stuff for Verstappen. Well, look back to the race last year at Abu Dhabi. Like, the reason Max Verstappen was in a position to overtake Lewis Hamilton was because Perez drove so brilliantly to slow... Mm. Hamilton well it's so childish it made no difference to Verstappen at all the Ronaldo comparison no, was I'm the that. alpha here and I, like the comments afterwards were uh, like I, it's very difficult to know it's a big job for Christian Horner to somehow get these two back uh, over the next year um, because what Verstappen said was I told you already last summer you guys don't ask that again to me okay are we clear about that I gave my reasons and I stand by it uh Perez said it shows who he really is now in the interview you were talking about Perez was sort of saying oh I think maybe there was a communications breakdown or something and Sky told him no no there was no communications <laughs> yeah. breakdown for Stappen yeah. refused and he said maybe you should ask him about that I've nothing to say after all I've done for him yeah. it's a bit disappointing to be honest I've no idea I'm really surprised and uh, then after that again uh, Verstappen uh, was talking and again didn't want to say a huge amount I get my reasons why I didn't do it I think 
everyone understood that. It was good that we finally all sat together. I think we're professional enough to move forwards. So he looked like a spoiled child. He looked like a scorned child mm. afterwards. For Sam, when he came out, he was like, "Yeah, yeah, I've kind of, I've done, done that thing, but like we've spoken about it, and like if it happens in Abu Dhabi, I'll you know I will get out of the way." It's like you know, it is it is an interesting dynamic in terms of the player versus the power of the of the driver versus the power of the team. But geez, it was real because they'd asked him three or four times over the radio to pull in. Uh, Christian Horner said so he's going for second places between um, Perez and Charles Leclerc and he said it's a straight fight Max can help in any way he will do so just not today really really doesn't uh, sound like that let's see anything else we done Shine, Shine. Kathleen award winning Koi gig coming tomorrow tomorrow morning yeah that the intro the award-winning quick kick. Oh, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Getting you sting, all that sort of yeah. stuff done. Oh, well, sure, we need everyone else to have their moment to celebrate since Emma and I were the only ones at the award on there Friday. More drinks. Yeah. Speak to the head of content. I'm sure he'll sort you out for another. It'll be, it's, it's, it's all fine. Uh, thanks to everyone who got in touch this morning. Uh, a lot of comments on Cristiano Ronaldo. I'm sure the lads will be touching on that on Off the Ball this evening from 7 o'clock with Joe. Uh, the World Cup starts in six days and yet again, we haven't spoken about it at all. I'm sure at some stage... Ronaldo ruined it first this morning. I'm sure at some stage uh, we will start talking about the World Cup. OTB AM with Gillette in association with Movember. Effortless shave, magnificent mode.